to another episode of Rotten Mornings. Welcome! I'm Scott. I'm Matt. I'm Brandy. I'm Grim. My name is Thursday Morning, spelled with a U. Yay! Good. Good. I'm glad to have you all here. As are we to have us here also. Did you say as? As are we. As are we. As are we. <laughs> we have Asri here. Asri yeah. Pie. That is fantastic. Well, uh, this is a this episode. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this episode. That makes one of us. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm in the minority. I'm excited about the second part of this episode. I didn't do any studying for the first part of this episode. We have okay. excitement. I did. Studying for the second part. We're in a good place. Yep. This is, a, this is a clearly spread situation. Yep. I just hung out with Freddie Cooper the entire time I was supposed to be preparing for the episode. Did you say tongue out? I think you said tongue out. <laughs> yeah. So, right, my, this is just as good a time as any. Might as well, you know, come out with it. Me and Freddie Cooper a thing now. <laughs> well, you know, you can... Most ninety nine percent of the time, when you stalk somebody and you know threaten their family, it doesn't work out. But you know, I guess we're that one percent. Yes, guys, and if you can take anything uh, as a, a moral lesson from this, it's stalking does work. Stalking works, and you should probably stay away from me. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's probably fair because uh, Freddie Cooper's got dibs, <laughs> <laughs> and he is a jilted and angry lover. From what well, uh, I know that for a fact. I'm looking at my notes here for some rotten news, and uh, I'm gonna pass that to you guys. Yeah, thanks. Awesome, great rotten news. We have some very great rotten news. Um, what the fuck? And did what we is do on Sunday? Uh, I think when did we do a live? Some days ago. Well, we that did was a live that and... was Friday night. We did. Yeah, but we what did we do last Friday weekend night. on Sunday? We're doing another live. Did we? Did we do anything last weekend? Like that's that's what I'm posing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is a I know we filmed some more last weekend, so we've we've still got that new episode of, of Rotten, Rotten Remains, Remains that we'll be premiering next weekend. Yes, that's next up. weekend. That's coming out Friday the thirteenth for anyone paying that's attention. Right. Friday the thirteenth this month. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's a thing. I think that's kind of a dig at the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Definitely. Just like another little dig that this movie we're going to be covering tonight made at the Friday the 13th franchise. But, but we're not true. there yet. And and we're, so, yes. Uh, just a bit of foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Like that movie. Okay. Um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, uh, me and Graham, uh, I think we filmed another uh, couple of TikToks for the store, and yes. we released another one. It was fun. Uh, super fun. Love doing those. 
Uh, got a lot of really good feedback coming into the store about that, how people are saying that we're getting stupid songs stuck in their head and how professional we look at what we're doing. And they also said, you know, that, wow, it, you guys are famous now. And we're like, we were already famous. We were just not famous hearts. in your language. <laughs> so then uh, Thursday, uh, I don't think we did anything on Thursday. Uh, and Friday, we didn't do anything on Friday. Um, did we? We did do a live ah, yes. Friday night. We, we did a lot. In a we, we had candy we had so, so much vomit. So much vomit. Mad as fuck at me. Yeah, it's really <laughs> gonna happen again tonight because we're eating hot stuff again tonight. Yep. <laughs> now there have been some new. Shirts. No, you can't say tonight. You have to say uh, last yeah. night. Yeah, <laughs> when you're listening to this. Yeah. Um. So there again, have been some new shirt designs released. In other news, <laughs> Mr. Fuzzy Pant has his own t-shirt now. Yes. Uh, and his popcorn flavor will be coming out soon. Uh, and you can get those at, uh, I've got the, the site shirts, here. It yeah. is at uh, Spectrum Empowerment Project. Uh, they're the ones that are doing it. And the website is Spectrum Design. And all those proceeds go to uh, the um, uh, duh, 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 duh. something important. Yes, yeah, something, something important. important. Uh, goes to the Spectrum Empowerment Program. I yes. probably should have connected the dots on that. Da, 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 you're stupid. Now, good stuff. Hillcorn has also Release got a, a new shirt design, which looks yeah, that is awesome. awesome. I'm so excited. And you, oh, can, you get, can get that, you can get that on their Etsy site. They also have some new flavors coming out soon. I know they've released one of them, but we don't know what the other ones are going to be. I know Mr. Fuzzy Pants is one of them. Uh, and also, again, you can get that at their Etsy site. Yes. Um, and just last night, <laughs> Mr. Marlin actually also released <laughs> a new shirt design. For us. Uh, for the pool noodle war at CreepyCon. Which looked fucking awesome. It's and like, and the senseless pool noodle war before it even begins. <laughs> <laughs> we will still be demonstrating this senseless atrocity. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. There was another live last night, too, when where we, we tried that. some cheese. Yes, because we went to Hellbilly Hollow. Uh, for a little get-together. Uh, we were going to do some filming, but Storm kind of kept us from doing that. Uh, so, <laughs> of course, Storm. as Tim does, uh, he paid us in cheese. Yes. Uh, so we got us some of that good old Miller cheese, and we got all yeah. kinds of crazy cheeses to tr that we tried last night. But yes. working at Hellbilly Hollow, I want you guys to know that he actually pays all of his workers in cheese. Yeah. Both cheese the product and cheese the joke. Yes, they <laughs> in the house all the time because of the cheese part. Beetle cheese. And uh, me and Frankie took a little walk through that house, and they've got some real treats. Like, it, it, it fucked me up going through the house, and I've been through it a million times. It, it It's looking <laughs> it's, good. It's pretty clever. I got to give them that. It's very like, fucking it's, clever. Yeah. That's uh, going to be fun. Frankie, have you been to that house before? He's not. I have not. Uh, oh, wow. I'm I thought that was a treat. Yeah, and Frankie hasn't met them, even though, like, you know, we were telling him that that's, like, kind of our home haunt. So it's super good that he finally got to finagle with those people, even though he's fighting for, like, literally all the time. By the way, Scott, like, while I've got you here, thanks so much for not showing up this weekend, buddy. 
my whole thing this weekend was going to be to force you guys to do the behind the scenes thing for this podcast. I had so much stuff written for that, you know, like we addressed in last week's podcast. <laughs> and, and, you know, this is continuity right here. Top yeah, notch. But uh, so you didn't show up. And so we went out to Hell Billy Hollow and I was like, OK, well, that's fine. I'll just uh, I'll write something. I'll write a whole new script. And then everybody there hates me now because they think I'm a stuck up prick because I didn't talk to anybody because yeah, I was right. Yeah, yeah, I know. I heard right them because I was right there. I was right there. Better than we did the first time we met. <laughs> and then. So, I'm so really confused about all of this. Is continuity supposed to be something we know about here? I've never heard that word. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm drip feeding it in, trying to introduce it. I am. Uh, uh, that the people out at Hillbilly Hollow all got my message to think of you as a prick. <laughs> I really don't understand why you felt that necessary. I can handle that. That script that I wrote on the spot was uh, foiled by the storm. Yep. And then so I went and revised another older script and uh, by the way, that leads me to the next bit of news. Uh, so I know we've got a lot of bit of uh, irons in the fire, us uh, rotten folk. And uh, but we actually started a uh, interview program that is superhero themed. Uh, yep. Superheroes are huge right now; have been for the past decade plus. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a a program that's dedicated to interviewing superheroes. And we landed a. Exclusive interview with an actual superhero. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for that as well. Yeah, you've seen it. Did, oh. <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. It's, <laughs> it's not an old bit that we did on stage one time. I'll yeah, tell you that no, much. Definitely not that. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> so uh, weather report. Today's weather report. God, that's. Are you sure you put enough? No, you didn't put enough. You didn't put enough fuel in the chopper. We just took off and we're crashing. All right, so uh, weather report. God damn, I hate summer in the South. What the fuck is this, man? It's like everything is fucking melting. This is disgusting. Brandy sabotaged the AC in the I house did yesterday. Not. I, I did not. I did not. This is a really big helicopter. <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> people in this helicopter. I'm glad that we have gone away from uh, fact-based uh, weather, and now we're doing weather op-eds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is the weatherman saying, fuck weather. <laughs> I'll tell you what's wrong with weather, man. Weather is a fucking liberal agenda. Bottom line. <laughs> Where's the jet plane go? Oh. <laughs> the oh. Jet plane. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God it started again. <laughs> we almost crashed the earth. <laughs> Everybody knows that the weather has machines that control the government. Yep. <laughs> you think you're voting for a president? Uh-uh. The weather chooses the president. <laughs> Weather machine. Brought to you by Namco. We've got to be real careful with that. Weather machine is a sponsor of the show now. Oh, oh God. God. I'm yeah, so sorry. Yeah. Well, then it's awesome. 
I'm totally pro weather generation. <laughs> um, uh, more news? We got more news? Probably, but no. we don't remember it. He wants more news. Somebody give him some news. Oh, here's some news. news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you just farted on the camera or... <laughs> I did. I showed off my butthole. Actually, we all just sat here and stared at each other to see if anybody had something to say. They thought I was going to say something. He still doesn't understand that this is a completely audio medium. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks he's being watched at all times. Oh, why is Matt waving? Hi. Because I was well, watching the crash. Um. Good, good. Uh, excited for the episode coming out. Uh, that will be coming out uh, Friday the thirteenth. So uh, mark your mark your calendars, and if you have calendars and can't find that date, get, look harder. Um, and we are going to go ahead and jump into our next part of this Madcap podcast. Whee! We'll see you guys after this quick commercial break. Bye. The door is blue. Wee. Wee. I'm still jumping. Why are we not going? Wee. Oh, we're going. Ah. <laughs> it's flat. I'm good. After this commercial break. Coming this October, as night falls on a quarantine prison somewhere in Vincent, Alabama. Vampires have taken over at Hellbilly Hollow, and things will never be the same. Come visit Hellbilly Hollow in Vincent, Alabama. You'll have the best night of your life. Yes, we'd love to have you in our neck of the woods. The wait is driving us batty. This year, we've raised the stakes. Join us. Join us. One of Alabama's top-rated haunts. This is the one for you. Hellbilly Hollow Haunted House Attraction in Vincent, Alabama. Open at 7 p.m. every Friday and Saturday in October. Tickets available at the door. Exclusive merchandise. Tasty concessions. Live entertainment. Well-lit bathrooms. For more information, check us out on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and at hellbillyhollow.com. And we will see you there. Join us. Ow. Yeah. Do you uh do you think the audience is, is gonna catch never leave? No. Oh. I right. you think the audience is gonna catch on to the fact that we don't film these on Sunday mornings? Do you think that they're gonna realize we don't actually have a helicopter? They listen to this. Do they even think? Do you guys think that there's an audience? <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I still listen. <laughs> I, I listen too. Hey guys, if uh, if you're out there and you're listening, raise your hand. Just show of hands. I don't actually listen to the podcast. <laughs> it was just me again. Brandon, you don't have to actually raise your hand. Well, uh, I'm going to listen to this one, and uh, it's going to be great. And I'm going to enjoy it. Is what the script says. <laughs> <laughs> the script. Uh, well, uh, we are uh, now going to be talking about uh, continue our series uh, on Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, we will be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 4 
the my Dream favorite. Master. Yeah, my yeah. Favorite. Saying that, it's the uh, Dream Master. This is my dream? favorite. I don't, I don't get it. This was like catapulted Freddie into pop culture, made him a pop icon. Literally wrapped the MTV generation into it. Like there were people making Freddy Krueger stuff after this movie that was completely not licensed by New Line Cinema. Like, the craze went off the fucking rails from this movie. For better and for worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like to, I, I just want to say about this that um, on the Wikipedia page for Nightmare on Elm Street 4, it has this great description that it is Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master, which is the fourth installment of the Nightmare on Elm Street. In case anyone was thinking... Nightmare on Street 4 was the third part. Nope, it's the fourth one. (laughs) So we will turn it over to Brandy for the uh, statistics and the numbers. Woohoo. Okay, well, first of all, it was released on August 19th, 1988. Uh, It was directed by Rennie Harlan. The screenplay, it was by Brian Helgeland, and it was actually helped on the screenplay with Ken and Jim Wheat, but depending on where you look, it says Scott Pierce. However, Scott Pierce is completely fictional. It was a joint pseudonym shared by Ken and Jim Wheat. So, because of figure. the writer's right. Yes. Um, and it was, of course, produced by Robert Shea again with New Line Cinema and also, also Rachel Talale. Um, the budget was six and a half million dollars. The box office, just the U.S., was $49.4 million, and it actually made $12,883,000 in its opening weekend. I wonder why they kept making so many of these. (laughs) Jeez, Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) So I will give the... uh, But to, to the point about the budget, this film is the highest grossing film in the in the franchise uh by itself the the crossover with with jason made more but of the pure nightmare on streets this is the highest grossing one yes and this was actually considered the biggest opening weekend for an independent movie that's awesome and at that time robert england was seen top feeling in the opening credit yes yeah, Which this was, never this was the first time in the franchise yes. that he received top billing. Yes. So I will give the a synopsis now. So, of course, we open up on the uh, non, uh, what do we call her? Norquette. Uh, Instead of Narquette. Narquette, which is not Patricia Arquette playing the same character. It is now the amazing Tuesday night. He has never heard of that person. Tuesday night. Uh, who also did the music for the opening scene. Uh, she comes back, thinks Freddy's alive. It's kind of like a Jaws part two thing where she's freaking out. She calls Kincaid and Joey into her dreams. They're yes. like, leave it be, let him be, leave him alone. Eventually, Freddy is reawakened by a dog peeing on his grave. They come into the dream. Wait, wait, wait. Pissing fire. Yes, pissing fire. Dog wiener blowtorch. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, eventually Kincaid and Joey get killed off by Freddy. Uh, In this one, not not Norcat, Patricia Arquette's character, uh, is finally killed off. She transfers her powers to a new girl 
because this was the last of the uh, Elm Street kids. And Alice becomes now the sort of dream master or whatever. Well, you know, after she's the antagonist for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, eventually, uh, Freddy finds a way to get to her friends and starts killing them off until Alice realizes that she actually has the power of the Dream Master. And she turns it on Freddy and basically uh, incites a riot inside of him with the souls of the children, uh, who then tear their way out of him, leaving him dead in the dust. But it was kind of weird the way she became the Dream Master. It's like with each new death and each person that dies, she uh, inherits their characteristics yep. somehow. So let's go back to the beginning and start breaking this movie down piece by piece. So, Rennie Harlan uh, being a, what was he, Finnish, Finland? Yes, or was he, from? he was Finnish. He, no, was, he was from Finland. He had finished. And uh, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> so we open, and of course, we open to Tuesday night, who plays Narquette slash Kristen. So you see what I did there with the Thursday thing? See what I did there? That's smart. I'm smart. You are so clever. Really quick, though, Remy Harlan also like did Die Hard 2 and Harlan Harlan also did Cutthroat Island. Okay, well I was gonna leave that one out. (laughs) (laughs) And we put it back in. (laughs) It's there now. He said that after he got done filming this movie, he had a phone call from Steven Spielberg like immediately after the end of this this movie had released. For Cutthroat Island. And Steven Spielberg was like, bro, Cutthroat Island, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't realize that Cutthroat Island, oh, he made that movie for Gina Davis, which was his wife at the time. Yep. yep. And that's that's kind of like what happened with uh, when Madonna made Guy Ritchie's career so great. Yes, and when Guy Ritchie's career really started taking off after that movie. <laughs> so... Of course, uh, it's the first time in a Freddy movie that one of the actresses has a song in the movie. And Tuesday Night Song is is playing over. And she was unaware that they were even going to use use her song. Yes, she she played it for them uh, because she wanted them to know that she had other stuff she could do. But they didn't really seem to receive it very well. So she was shocked when she went to see it and heard her song playing. Well, I'll tell you one thing about the music in this movie. If I had to listen to much more of this soundtrack, Freddie wouldn't have to kill me out off myself. The music in this fucking movie is terrible. That's that's it. That's <laughs> it was probably the biggest budget they've used to secure song rights because... They went heavy into the MTV era yes. with getting the Fat Boys, getting Sinead O'Connor, with getting Billy Idol, yeah. uh, and all these people to do songs. And Frankie hates the music. <laughs> well, it was actually so much at the time. It was actually kind of amazing the way they did it with joining the MTV era. Like many of the songs on this soundtrack did actually have their own music video, which was one of the first times that I happened. know, and they spent like a shitload of money to get the Sinead O'Connor song, but look, 
like just for a quick correction here, like I hate most of the music in this movie. I don't hate the Fat Boy song. I don't count it as the movie music because it doesn't play until the credits. It doesn't rolling. even play in the credits. It, it plays toward play. the end of the credits. Does it? Yeah. Okay. That like that was disappointing as shit to me. Also, well, well I'll get to that later on. Uh, but okay, so Tuesday night uh, approaches the house, and and since Rennie didn't <laughs> want the popsicle, uh, the the hardcore popsicle house. He just made some kid draw in chalk in the dirt, which is like, why the fuck are you playing with chalk in the dirt? Uh, to draw a picture of the house out in front of the house, which again is another like weird place to do that. But anyway, yeah, she had to be in front of the house to paint it. By the way, uh, <laughs> fucking Narcat, make sure you know that she's Kristen. She's like, come on, Kristen, you've got this. <laughs> Oh, that's who you're supposed to be. Okay, I got you. Because she does not, Tuesday night does not look anything like Patricia not Arquette. <laughs> She's just blonde. That's, that's it. And Tuesday and night she's now. White. Tuesday night now doesn't look human. <laughs> no, she doesn't look like Tuesday <laughs> night anymore. <laughs> Every time you guys say Tuesday night, I think Demon Night and... Uh... Better movie. Better movie. Better movie. Although Demon Knight, solid movie. Love that movie. (laughs) No, Demon Knight's the better movie. Sorry, clear that up. Oh, yeah, clear that up. Yeah. Uh, So, of course, she goes into the house. Uh, They didn't really have a lot of, like, big budget stuff in the opening of this one like they did in the prior ones. But you get to see the first, what I consider the first real vision of what the boiler room will look like from now on uh, with the piping and stuff. Now they kind of did it in the first movie, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, with the iconic baller, but they didn't have those kind of like pop colors, that neon green and that neon orange and that neon red. Like this was when they finally took it to kind of like what is like the disco boiler Uh, and really like, you know, she was in there freaking out. And then she's like, Kincaid, Joey, come to me. <laughs> Three warriors symbol. But like this is important because um this was her power yes. in Dream Warriors was to pull other people into her dreams. You didn't say it right. It's Dream Warriors. That's fair. That's fair. And that's my mistake. I'll take the point deduction for that. Um <laughs> But here's the here's the interesting thing. We'll talk about lore here uh, shortly. People don't have a singular power in dreams. So what kind of freaks are these? Uh, they're like they're like dream dreams. Uh, Literally, Narquette is the only one that uses her dream power. I guess technically, Kincaid did because he pushes the car over, and you kind of have to be strong to do that. But Joey doesn't use his power at all. He he doesn't even talk in his death scene. I usually don't talk in my death scenes either. <laughs> Probably a, a bonus. Yeah, I, I throw that in for free. <laughs> I should say they throw it in for free because it's usually I have to pay to be in roles. Yeah, but way her, to go, Willie's Wonderland. But her power also seems to grow a little bit here in this opening part of this movie because somehow she was able to bring the dog in as well. 
has no explanation. <laughs> Which is funny because Narcat like turns her back to the boiler in the dumbest move ever in a nightmare dream to the open boiler. Especially when she's Stands the one that me. believes that yeah. Freddy's back. And then it's like, fuck, bitch, I'm a dog! And it bites her horn. And then she wakes up, wraps the dog bite in her spankerchief, and goes back to sleep. <laughs> wait, wait. Very poorly wraps her arm up. And then in the very next scene, nothing is wrong with her arm. It's not even wrapped up at this point. So, uh, that's... This is like so... Like now I'm thinking, I'm thinking about how she still has her, her dream warrior powers in this fucking movie, and like Nobody else had dream warrior powers except for these kids. And what did these kids, what drug did these kids take? I give up. Yeah, Hypnoseal. So, like, what if Hypnoseal is making dream mutants? Oh, that's actually a good a good point. Because the but only I, people honestly, who had this was the people who took that. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that the Hypnoseal was only mentioned and was only taken by Nancy. I do not believe they actually administered the hypnosil to any of the kids because when Nancy was about to get that to happen, that's when she was like, get the fuck out of here, Nancy. And then she came back. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Well, so also- at this point, no, nobody but Nancy has taken hypnosil. Okay. But it is still kind of weird that they never actually address how did these kids get let out of the institution? Yeah, they were like, were yeah, well, uh, go we're going to have to close this institution Because all yeah. these kids are dead. Yeah, so I'm sure the, the doctors on the staff were just like, okay, you killed the dream demon that was hunting you. You're yeah, good to go. You're good to go. You're, you're healed. <laughs> good now i do believe at some point they did establish or or did they or was it just mentioned in the the later documentary that this is supposed to be like a year after yes dream warrior so uh then of course she ends up going to school and meeting what we consider the fresh meat of this story which is alice and her friends and you meet Alice and the other one. Her brother, Rick. Her brother, Rick. Dan, the football guy. Um, this is the first movie so far of the series where I've really had trouble remembering the names because they are so, they're just cannon fodder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, but I will say this, like the the one, like uh, the weightlifter. From um, just the ten of us. P.S. This yeah, is another, the girl, the girl from just the ten of us. She's another Sheila. person from just the ten no, of us. No, Sheila was the, the other inhaler. Yeah, Sheila okay. was the inhaler. Like, uh, okay, so Freddie's mo up to this point has with the child murders has been to, you know, delve into their, uh, you know, deepest darkest fears and anxieties, and like kind of craft the kill around that, but with her. It's just she finds the bug in her food. Yeah. <laughs> and so Freddie's like, that's good enough. Good enough. Not to mention the fact that the first kills, uh, because right off the jump, he kills Kincaid and Joey. Uh, he kills Kincaid in the least uh, like climactic scene out of any of the dream kills. He's just like, stab in the gut. 
you know, Kincaid has some fun running around a junkyard because they had to, like, bring Freddy. And, of course, as we mentioned, the dog just appears and pees fire. And Freddy's like, well, okay. thanks for the pee, so, That's actually the part that Frankie alluded to earlier. The dog's name is Jason. That's right. I think it was a dig at the Friday the 13th series. And I have to agree with him there because if you look at the credits, the dog's real name is not Jason. It's Jake. So they credited the dog as Jake slash Jake the dog, even though they call him Jason in the movie. I wonder if that dog's like uh, fucking uh, producer is real pissed off. And maybe the dog didn't want to go by its real name in the movie. Who knows? <laughs> In order to get it to piss fire, you got to call it Jason, apparently. Didn't want any funny stuff showing up at the, you know, future employer Google search. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like, this, is really, this is a really important detail. And when people talk about this series as a whole, they kind of leave out this one thing. Um, this dog that has the ability to pee fire uh, wasn't being controlled by Freddy. It was doing it on its own, and it comes from the same world as Exploding Parakeet. Yes, <laughs> yes. Now, here's another little interesting tidbit. In no other Freddy Krueger movie is Freddy quote-unquote resurrected. This is the only nightmare where Freddy is literally brought back to life. Yeah, In no other nightmare one, film does it have Jake the dog has an IMDb page. But he's been in other movies. That's, that's a famous ass dog. Jake the dog has been in five movies. Yes. You have Nightmare on Elm Street, Two Moon Junction, The Hidden, and The Boy Who Could Fly. Yeah. And, and guys, <laughs> this just goes to show you if you're a dog that can piss fire, have a good agent. Yeah, have a good agent. Each one of them, he had a different name. There was Tom, Roy, uh, Roy, Max, and Shorty. And Jason. And Jason. <laughs> a famous ass dog. So, of course, it's the first time Freddy's ever resurrected and the last time Freddy's ever, quote unquote, resurrected. Uh, in all the other movies, it's just he comes back because they're believing in him. Uh, or he's been there the whole time. Um so, of course, Freddy comes back, kills Kincaid in the least interesting way. Kincaid, like, crushes his ass with a fucking car, which would have fucked him up, technically, because he didn't have his power at that point. But I guess they didn't really give a fuck about that. Um, and then he goes after Joey. And, of course, we get our <laughs> obligorous uh, hit shot and obligorous MTV plug there. Uh, with the MTV guy with the glasses uh, from, you know, what yeah. I remember from the 80s at MTV. Uh, and uh, it's fucking hilarious because Joey's mom, when she finds his body, is like, oh, accident. <laughs> and he's literally stuck inside of a fucking waterbed. Yeah, uh, he, he learned suicide from the same person who sticks their head in a TV eight feet above their head. Exactly. <laughs> They were like, well, there was that one suicide where that girl jumped in the TV. This is possible. This is clearly clearly in the same vein. And it was also a callback to Johnny Depp's death in the first movie. Yep. 
not to mention the fact when Freddie actually kills Joey, uh, the blood squirts out of Joey while Freddie has his hand in the air. <laughs> yeah, his hand isn't even under the the water when the blood starts coming out. There was another nod to Johnny Depp in this movie, too. Uh, about 34 minutes in, um, there's a picture of him on a magazine in Kristen's room. Oh, nice. Ah, I missed that. That's cool. Interesting. So after he died, he became super famous. Yes, yes. yeah, clearly. Now, is that when she's doing her weird choreography around <laughs> her room? <laughs> So, of course, Joey is killed, and uh, Kristen is freaking the fuck out at school. So, in such a this-movie fashion, she decides that it would be a great idea to knock herself out, because sleeping is is her number one fan, I guess. I don't know. Wait, before we go on too far, they're like, first of all, and we discussed this the other night when we were watching this, like the resurrection of Freddy. Okay, the whole like oh, rebuilding right. his body from the bones. I, I we watched this and I brought up the yes. point like this is very reminiscent of a uh, certain other first film in a horror franchise, uh, Hellraiser. It's the Hellraiser Resurrection. two. It was the Resurrection in Part two. No, because part, part two was eighty eight. Frank was in Hellraiser 1 that reconstructed and filled then, out the blood. Then that struck. means that they ripped off Hellraiser. They ripped Hellraiser off Hellraiser. Came out in 84, I believe, or 85, 1. <clears throat> 85, 1. Yeah, yes, that sounds 85, right. 1. 85, 1. But that's they ripped like, off the Frank resurrection scene. That's, I mean, that's kind of a stretch. I was thinking they had ripped off Voltron. You're an idiot. Okay, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> <laughs> Also, not to mention the fact that a fucking ton of second horror movies came out in 88. Um, <laughs> and they really had to contest with a very saturated uh, field, including the first Child's Play releasing this year as well. Was it The Shining? I believe so. Uh, the second Hellraiser was the, what, part? That one was in December. Part Six or seven to night or Friday the third part five uh, or Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, it was either four or five. Yeah, there was just a ton of follow up movies that came out in eighty eight uh, in the horror franchise. Yeah, but back to the movie. There's more inconsistencies with the rules, uh, the dream rules, like the scene where you know the at the school where they're in the hallway and there's Freddy's claw marks in the lockers. Why does that also not okay? I, I've got a great explanation for that. In this movie, they try to set up Alice as the dream master, but when she starts off, it's almost as if they're showing you that she has the ability to enter the dream world in her daydream. Mm -hmm. So they set this very like contrast between her and Freddie because she consistently has daydreams that she controls that reality with outside of nightmares, which is Freddy's ring. And I think in that scene, that's Freddy starting to go like, hey, wait a minute, I can get into her daydream. But wasn't that still before he knew who she was knew yeah, about Freddy? And was she even there in that scene? Well, see, I kind of interpreted it as more of a Kristen thing because Kristen's really the one seeing it because Kristen is so 
terrified about Freddy coming back. I agree, but the only people that saw that claw mark in the fucking bleach in the lockers was the audience. Well, yeah, true. It didn't even register. It was nice of them to do that for us. Yeah, (laughs) nobody saw it but us in the audience. And we did in rewatching it that here I go, why in the fuck was that there? Yeah, and so, of course, <laughs> what after, that after uh, Kristen gets knocked out and wakes up in the nurse's room, you get the best <laughs> Robert England drag scene in any movie ever yes. when Wait, he's dressed up as the nurse. You're telling me that that was Robert England? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. And uh, Robert England actually says, uh, I want to draw some blood and immediately squirt blood out of a syringe, which to me is the exact opposite of drawing blood. But no, he wants to draw with blood. Yeah, he was drawing on the wall in blood, like, I want to draw your face in blood, bitch. I think one of those syringes might have actually had England's real name on. Oh, nice. There are so many callbacks in this movie, the the diner's name and everything. Uh, So, they're in. Something real quick is that um, this is Freddie. I mean, this is Robert England, uh, not in Freddie makeup. Um, And originally, Robert England didn't want to make this movie, uh, even though he's been with it the whole franchise and has been a champion for this. He didn't like the script, He, he wasn't really on board. And he also had been making some other films and was was pretty tired and just like, hey, I just don't feel like doing it right now. And it took a, a super cut of some stuff they put together for him to be like really on it. So I it almost like this movie. Well, it didn't really seem like anybody liked the script of this. And, and everybody got on board when Remy actually did some cut together and some dailies and showed them the footage. And they were like, aha, I get it now. Yeah. I'm going to be the MTV Freddy. This is the MTV movie. And uh, the, the only the person that did not get on board was yeah. Robert Shea. He was still not on board for the whole fucking movie. Robert Shea was like, he's, he's going to ruin this movie. The whole fucking time. Well, and you can tell it in Robert Shea's cameo. He's literally miserable in his cameo. Uh, the other person who was there was as the the professor lecturing them about dreams. Yeah, uh, the other person who wasn't on board was uh, Patricia Arquette, who was like, uh, "I just, uh, I, I'm an Academy Award winner, and uh, guys, uh, sorry, I want to do more serious roles." Yes, but and the- she was pregnant during the filming of this too, so that may have played a part in it. You'd think that back to like. Uh, inconsistencies in the plot. You'd think that Narquette would know by now not to let other people make her drinks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she fell for it again. Will she ever learn? Uh, She's dead. So, of course, she takes all the new kids to go see the Freddy house, explains the story to them, and then is immediately like, all right, I got to get the fuck out of here because my bitchy-ass mom. And then her bitchy-ass mom slips through the old Mickey Moo and, uh, and it was actually the same woman that played Patricia Arquette's mom yes, in yes. the last one. And uh, it's funny because a lot of the people on the uh, on the cast were like, "Man, she has this great 
movement scene where she's trying to stay awake and we think that it's probably not that great <laughs> because she tried to put a sweater on and then just and was really like just kind of floats nope, it down fuck the sweater and takes it off again well see i've got a theory like uh i think it's because it's a different actress that's why she doesn't learn anything from the previous movie yeah. <laughs> she probably didn't watch the previous movie. Probably that's right not. They also say that... Uh, she should have because it's a better movie than the one she's in. They say that her and Remy had a possible emotional entanglement, and that's why she ended up like having more role later on in the movie as well. That will Where happen. you keep seeing flashbacks of her throughout the thing. Yep. Because this movie was written as it was filmed. This is like totally a rotten Well, movie. okay, so they originally approached Wes Craven to write it. But Wes Craven wanted to do a time travel through dreams thing, and New Line said, no, 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 we're not doing that. So they went to somebody else to write it. But they only gave him seven days to write it. They could already see that the writer's strike was about to happen. So they gave him seven days. You've got seven days to write this script. And he apparently barely made that deadline. And they were like, mm, we still don't like it. Well, you didn't give him any time to write it. So then they took it back to Wes Craven. And Wes Craven was basically like, wait, 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 wait. You didn't like my idea. And you already rewrote my script on the last one. No, I'm, I'm not helping you with this. One Finnish guy kept coming to Robert Shea's office and was like, Hey, I want to direct your movie. I want to direct your movie. And Robert Shea was like, you don't even speak fucking English, dude. <laughs> but they eventually hired him anyway. And Robert Shea still uh, makes jokes about it. Like, we eventually had to hire him so that he could afford to buy new clothes. And take a bath. <laughs> and uh, let's, not, let's not leave out Cuts Rhode Island. And Cuts Rhode Island. <laughs> so, of course... Kristen is drugged by her mom. She falls asleep. Uh, she tries to imagine herself as Alice had suggested doing the Dream Master poem at the beginning. Well, I do love the line that she gives her mom saying, you basically just killed me. And then that happens. Yeah. So, so she wakes up uh, in a, like a tropical paradise uh, the actress complained about the fact that she had very skimpy clothes on and she didn't want to do it, so they gave her this little skirt thingy. And Freddie transforms from a Freddie shark into exploding out of a sand castle. And here it is. Here is the birth of corny as fuck Freddie, as you know him today. This is the fucking one-line zipping goddamn cartoon character Freddie. <laughs> and of course, Frankie hates... Uh, puns and things like that so he doesn't like this me personally i love this version of i Freddy. love good puns okay well <laughs> to, to be fair uh, joke, so. <laughs> this does. is uh this is probably a good part where we're gonna go ahead and take uh, a quick little break and uh, when we come back we will get to the rest of this movie be right back the door is red in this one by the way fucking for fuck's sake <laughs> Don't go that way, man. You know who's back there? It's that serial killer from that movie. What? Why are they here? I thought they were supposed to be chasing the kids at summer camp or invading the nightmares of the kids on that one street. Well, they're all here. Brought in to fight off the mutant chickens. And now it's a horror free for all. 
Oh, where do I buy tickets? The Haunted Chicken House in Heflin is the largest tourist attraction in East Alabama. Open every weekend in October. Tickets are $15 per attraction, two for $25 and three for 40. Ride the hayride of horrors. Visit the Haunted Chicken House. Defy death in the infamous crazy train. For more information, check us out on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and thehauntedchickenhouse.com. And we'll see you there. That was a good break. Woo-hoo. I got to pee twice. So let's pick right up in this, the uh, movie here where we were at. Now, Kristen is being shoved into the sand by Freddy and his kick-ass glasses, which literally this whole thing was just shot so they could get the clean with Freddy in the cool shades. Uh, and, of course, he pushes her through into the boiler room, and she wakes up in the boiler room, and Freddy's like, hey, you're the last one, so... I'm going to need some more kids. Could you, you give me some more kids? And That'd be sure great. enough, Narcat plays ball. She condemns Alice and all her friends to death in a moment of desperation. Even though she fucking knew that this would happen, even though she was like trying to keep them from this happening, she literally just was like, ah, fuck it, we'll do it. Maybe she knew Alice was a piece of shit. And <laughs> Because Alice proves to be a piece of shit. Yes. yes. <laughs> so what is what is Freddy's vendetta against these people who didn't kill him? Oh, uh, soul food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He makes it pretty clear, Scott. Soul pizza. You must have tuned out during that one. Glazed <laughs> right over that one. Uh, soul food, colored yep. cornbread. Sure, got it. Yep. No, 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 no. It's specifically it's pizza. soul pizza. Yeah. So, of course, now that Alice is there, she's like, well, this is a fun dream. What's going on here? And Narquette's like, you can't kill my Alice. And, like, feebly jumps at Freddy or something. And then Freddy just tosses her into the boiler. And she, here's the kicker about this scene. This is the best part. She lands in a boiler that's on fire. But luckily, it's also in water. So, really, all she had to do was kind of just, dip in the water every once in a while and she'd be fine. Well that's that's how they make boilers. Yeah, oh, is it with oh okay. Yeah, it's boiling. That's oh I got gotcha, gotcha. Otherwise it's Thank just fire. <laughs> or, or just dry the... enough in the sun. So you know Freddie had to make sure that happened a little bit. So well, uh somehow Alice wakes up but knows that Kristen's in trouble. And that they have to go find her. But they get there and they can tell that her room is on fire from outside. And yet somehow her mother, who's in there, does not realize that her house is on fire. Because her mom was blowing Freddie. She had that date with him in the last uh, yeah. Or maybe she drugged herself at the same time yeah. that she drugged her daughter. <laughs> we both need some sleep. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> <laughs> and now here's one of my favorite things about this movie. Apparently, all the Freddy victims have their own section in the cemetery. Like they, yes, they're all buried together. There's no consideration given for family or anything. It's just, oh, they was killed by Freddy. I'll stick them over there. There's another Freddy victim. It does, it does make things easier. <laughs> it was so when the podcasters go to like look for oh they're all together cool we don't have to go too far that's great Ta-da. 
So, yeah, of course, in that scene, Narcat transfers her power to Alice. And we've, we've kind of gone back and forth on this because Frankie is like, well, what the fuck? Nobody's ever done that before. And I kind of look at it as, again, this is what Alice's power was. Alice's power as the Dream Master was always to take powers from people, to be able to absorb their power. So and she has more control no, the, over the Dream as the Dream Master. The part I was struggling with is the concept that, because Freddy was, is absorbing their souls. So that's saying that the power and their soul are separate. I just don't think that they laid the groundwork for that. They just kind of like brushed through it like, they're very explicit about Freddie getting the souls. Yes. But then they just kind of breeze over it like, and, and she's getting the power. Well, yeah. I also kind of think that has a lot to do with the writer strike going on and that the majority of this film was improvised as they went along. So, of course, Narcan. Well, I would like to reiterate that dream powers aren't a thing. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, also, like, they're, because they're mutants, like, they, they have, like, they're the dream X-Men, and then uh, she's like, oh, what's your dream X-Men power? Well, fuck, I don't know. I'm human. That's not even a fucking thing. Oh, yeah, shit, I had a flip in a dream the other night, and then I made out with my mom. That's just a <laughs> <laughs> uh, According to the video, that wasn't a dream. It was not a dream. <laughs> uh, it was my mom and you at the same time. It was weird. <laughs> wasn't weird for me. <laughs> so of course everybody's sad because Narcat's dead even and all of a sudden everybody knows about Freddy like apparently even though Narcat just brought them to the Kruger house just explained to them who Freddy Krueger was everybody is sick of hearing about it at this point already don't talk about that shit anymore so she goes back to school and uh I think this this would be a good time to talk about the fact that she works at the Crave Inn Diner, which the is soda great. fountain. Yes, named Crave Inn. There is also another nod for Wes Craven in this movie. About fifteen minutes in, uh, in Kincaid's room, there is a Hill Cab Eyes poster, nineteen seventy-seven. So they did a kickback on that. Yes. Here we go again. So awkward. <laughs> I mean, they all like to blow each other in some way, I guess. Yeah, but obviously. Yeah. I think that Remy was saying this is going to be better than The Hills Have Eyes, which, yeah. <laughs> which uh, was it? Uh, <laughs> was it James Cameron that he went into that asked him about so how are y'all going to bring somebody back this And time? he was like, oh, oh easy, a dog gets fired. It would be great. Everyone will love. But he didn't think it was real until yeah. he actually saw it later that it really was a dog pissing fire. <laughs> it was the sweetest looking home on that. It was. It was so, of course, Alex goes back to school and uh, now she not only has the power to pull people into her dreams, she also has the power to put people to sleep. That's new. And what's that? I said that's new. Yes, that is new. Uh, and of course, she's taking a test, and she passes out. And her friend, what did you say? The other friend's name was Sheila. Yes. Actually, passes out with her. Now, I'd like to say this: she quotes some of Narquette's lines to Sheila prior to that to show that she has 
sort of taking on Narket's character. Right. So they are in a trig test, and her and Sheila pass out, and all of a sudden, the words on her paper uh, spell out, uh, learning with Freddy is fun. Uh, and then a robot hand comes out of what her paper and grabs her on the head and doesn't really do anything. It's just like, robot hand, okay, get rid of the fucking robot. No, there. it was not. And then Freddy's there, another iconic scene with him carving the apple, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, I love that. Uh, and then he takes his hat off to approach her. Which is weird for Freddy because Freddy's right. never actually just taken his hat off, and then he uh, he does the most child molesty thing you can, and he makes out with her. Actually, Which, that was her first on-screen kiss. Yes, yes. And his dentures fell off into her mouth. Yeah, yes. And it's also important to note that for this thing, his glove had real blades on it, so she had scratches all over her neck after this. After she didn't have to say yes, and she's. Everybody wants their first on-screen makeout to be like covered in blood and uh, old man dentures in your mouth. Yeah, scratched up. So he sucks the breath out of her, and she dies the most natural death in this movie, which is (laughs) that she has an asthma attack. Uh, Everybody in the class is like, "Oh my god, she's having an asthma attack!" And then Alice kind of trips over and falls down, and everybody's like, "All right." Okay, the asthma attack's over. Let's pay attention to Alice. And nobody gives a shit they that this girl is dead. Alice. They are shockingly calm, given that someone has just died in front of them. Yeah. Well, that, like, was, that was true in the, like, the last movie, too. So what we can, what we can like, uh, take from that is that this is the town of the most apathetic people on the planet. Yes. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay, she had uh, asthma attack. Yeah, that's kind of normal-ish. Yeah, there's a Freddy in this town. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, after that, uh, Alice is freaking out because, and now of course her brother yeah. is also starting to really, really believe in Freddy because he's like, Dan's like, uh, can you believe this crap? And he's like, I'm starting to believe it too, Dan. And then he does the <laughs> most uh... hilarious run down the hallway. <laughs> so this fucking, fucking stupid duck after- run. But that's after he gives the line of, if I'm next, you better watch your back. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense, because why would Dan even be on the menu? He's, like, come from a completely other friend group. Um, he just wants to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, after that, uh, the next death sequence is when her brother decides to go to the bathroom. And all the cheerleaders and come in on the while he's pooping. Uh, they and his they, they yeah. show him a couple of times while he's pooping. I'm pretty sure I've had that dream before. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks out and sees Narquette there in the window. And she spins around and she's like, ah, psych, I'm bagged out still. Ah! And let's just say her burn up makeup, not as good as Freddie's burn up makeup. It was just kind of like some, some soot on her face. Uh, and then he's in the elevator. A coal miner? Yeah, she's a coal miner. <laughs> but then uh, Joey is in the elevator, which was Not supposed Joey. to be Rick. Uh, Rick, excuse me. And that was supposed to be where he died, but they didn't know where to go from that because the elevator's supposed to crumble and he's supposed to fall into nothingness. But by the time they shot this, they had completely run out of budget. All of it 
gone. No money. So they were like, uh, maybe we could kind of lay into his karate thing because we've kind of made that a thing. <laughs> but they yeah. used like two moves. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. So he said money. he spent like weeks trying to get some basic skills, and they were like, "No, no, no, no. We don't want that. We Just want throw a, a couple punches. A couple punches, a roundhouse, and a kick. You're good." Yeah. And also for the scene, he had just had appendix surgery, so his stitches ripped, and he had to be rushed to the hospital. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. And they basically did this scene by just hanging some tapestries and putting some, like, very, yes. like... Because they didn't even have enough budget to, like, build a set for it. Yep. He's a, he's a master martial artist. Not a strong dodger, though. No. Now, not correct a... me if I'm wrong, but is this, like, the only death, the supposed Freddy death, where there's no, no Freddy? Freddy? Yes. There, there's, there's no, no Freddy. In this Freddy. Just a glove that flies invisible. all the way across the well, room and still manages to land its yeah, target. They didn't train him to actually fight Freddy, just to fight. Yeah, he's yeah, like, good. oh, I can't yeah, fight a human being. I've been practicing on this bento box. <laughs> they should have trained well, with a glove. Yeah, right? You would figure that that would be, but, you know, yeah, whatever. So, of course... Like the Freddy Star Wars thing when Luke Skywalker is blinded and he's trying to fight off that zapping i have no idea what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> so he gets stabbed in the gut and dies and alice is like ah shit i know rick's dead i just felt it so here we go again why do the windows blow up in the real world yeah and why does nobody <laughs> think that's weird apathetic city Yes, Springwood is definitely apathetic as fuck. You gotta really bring it to surprise those people. They don't give a shit. <laughs> they do not give a shit. Hey, our uh, windows just windows and... Yeah. There go the windows. There must be that Freddy again. <laughs> so then uh, Alice... Uh, have the funeral. Yes, you have the funeral where Rick comes out and he's a uh, hello, baby. And he's like, oh, why the long face? Blah, blah, blah. I'm just playing. We're going to catch Freddy. And then he gets back in his grave and it's like, all right. Uh, okay. Well, that was a so I think, I think this was supposed to like symbolize again her power over the daydreams. And they were trying to make it emotional and be like comedic and sad at the same time. But I don't think that really played as well as they wanted it to. Again, I think this might have had something to do with the writer's strike and the improvisation. Because it just came off not well. <laughs> um, just, um, I don't just know like, to go with that. It he was, was just kind of like, oh, you're not feeling it, huh? Okay, well, I guess I'll get back in my car. Yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> hey, I'm dead. Let it's, me do a little song another, and dance. Bye now. really funny thing about this scene was this scene was filmed before rick's death scene was filmed and they were like well we we could just keep rick alive and remy was like oh no but no we no. already filmed, we the funeral. filmed his funeral he has to die and they're like fuck you're right shit this this yeah. uh this funeral scene was as effective as the funeral scene with ghost nun yes <laughs> yes <laughs> so then alex um Decides to go to a movie, uh, I guess. She does so many things. She does so many things that a person that's trying to stay awake should not do. <laughs> go into a dark movie theater. 
uh, Other going things. to school. Going to yeah. school. Hey, I'm sorry again. The like, one point she let herself fall asleep at school. Apparently, if uh, if a dream demon is after me, I'm skipping class. Yeah, fuck sorry. school. <laughs> so uh, then she goes to a movie, and you have that great sequence where. They draw in the tilting set like they've had in the other movies with the movie theater and have her fall into the screen, which was the first yes. time on a movie that it happened that somebody passes through from a 3D world into a black screen. And you actually kind of see her hit the, the screen. Yeah, I yeah. love that scene. And then she looks back into the theater and all the dead people are all around her. You think she would have noticed them sitting there to begin with because it was still them when she first entered the theater, but she didn't notice that. Uh, and then she goes into the theater and you get one of the most iconic Freddy scenes is when Freddy does the fucking pizza. And I do not fucking care. I love that scene. I love everything about it. It was five or six different special effects all mixed into one. And when Freddy sticks the fucking blade into Rick's head, that is like the most effective stab in any of these fucking movies. You can tell that the special effects artist's focus was on the pizza and not old Alice. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> old Alice, again, Freddie won on the makeup on that one because well, old they, Alice just didn't sell. So they tried to do an old age makeup, but it, I believe it was uh, Rennie that did not like it. The director didn't like it, so they ended up going with a prosthetic for it. So. Which I want to just throw in. I'm pretty sure they used that same prosthetic in part five with the fucking feeding chick, but we'll get into that next episode. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, so, of course, she falls into the movie. Freddie does the pizza thing where he makes the reference of the soul food, and he goes, Oh, Rick, your little meatball. <laughs> I love that line. Uh, I thought that this movie had the line of Kung Fu this bitch in it. But I never heard that line. Yeah, because I thought it was supposed to be in the fight with Rick, I thought so it, too. Where he goes, it. Kung Fu this bitch. Okay. But it wasn't in this movie. I, I, that, I thought that was in Freddy's Dead. It might have been in... That is in Freddy's Dead yeah, when she's fighting her, his mom, her, her dad. Yeah. So, uh... Of course, Freddy's like, all right, cool. Now that you're all freaking scared and shit, can I get another kid? And Alice is like, no, you can't have enough. Well, there is that one girl. You can have her. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you can have her. And that leads to one, two very important scenes in the Nightmare genre. The best death sequence because of the special effects of the cockroach. Oh, my God. It was awesome. And Robert England's favorite dream part, which yeah. is when she is stuck in the loop. That is, yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, to me, that is the most iconic nightmare thing in all of this. That it's like, it's so visceral. The looping repeat just makes you feel like you yourself are trapped in a nightmare. And again, here we are. That's what I, I found myself loving the most about these movies when they borrow from that dream logic that mm -hmm. we all experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like all running in slow motion. Yes, running in slow motion, being stuck in place. 
I love it when they utilize stuff like that. And being able to do this under such a rushed schedule is very impressive. Yeah. No shit. So we move on to one of my favorite deaths, which is the cockroach death. And you start off with her in there uh, pressing some weights with the iconic Sinead O'Connor most important song in this fucking movie, which is bar none the worst fucking song. Which is put your hands on me from Sinead O'Connor. And it plays again in the, in the credits. Uh, and Freddie pops up and he's like, I'm going to spot you, bitch. And he's like, Fight no spotting. And breaks and her, her arms break. with the weight, which is the worst weight. She lifts weight the most unprofessional weightlifting way possible. And she's benching all of like 20 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> And her arms pop backwards, and you see, for some reason, her elbows split. But then the cockroach arms come out, and it is beautiful. It is. It is kind of fuckery with the green screen shot, where the little tiny cockroach arm is in front, and then they have a green screen giant cockroach arm coming out in the back. (laughs) So that was a little weird. But then you have that forced perspective scene, which is, again, when she's in the hallway... And they do that forced perspective. That's another one of those jarring dream things to me. While they're showing the loop that they're stuck in, and she is flailing about out of control of her dream, that forced perspective, like, for me, that is a an, another iconic pretty thing. Yeah. And, of course, she stumbles into some uh, orange soda that's sticky. Ew. And... Uh, she falls into it because Freddie's got a hold of what is apparently a roach motel. She leans up to have her whole entire face ripped off. <laughs> and you see this, this idea of what I imagine the metamorphosis would have looked like if it was made into a movie. Uh, where she is now upper torsoed of a roach. And they've got this other full roach puppet in the background that they don't really pay that much attention to. But look, phenomenal. How could you tell it was a roach motel? Was it because of the huge letters on the side of the pot? Yes. Roach motel? yes. They made sure you didn't miss that. And, and then, then of course, you have Freddie looking in, and that is a great scene. Yeah. Uh, also, not to mention the fact that Freddie lost the contacts for this movie. He did not have the contacts. It was just regular Freddie-colored eyes. Uh, and then he squishes the roach motel, and all this goo squirts out of it. <laughs> and it's like so nasty as so fuck. So much nasty goo. Uh, and then Alice is like, "Ah, oh, fuck! You got another one." And this is this is a little weird because her and Dan are asleep, right, in this loop. But then her and Dan are technically not asleep because they're actually driving his truck around, yes. and she goes to crash into Freddie and crashes into a tree. Which is kind of a weird consistency because if they were, she would have been dreaming from the minute she left her house. So does she dream walk to Dan and Dan dream walk to his truck? Yeah, and, but here we are again, just all over the place with the dream rules. Yeah. So of course she tries to run over Freddie. She's like, "I'm gonna teach this motherfucker." Which, if you are ever in a horror situation, don't try to run over the guy in the dead center of the road if he's standing there. Is a reason for it. He wants you to try to run him over. He set it up. So, of course, she smashes into a tree, and he gets all fucked up and rushed to the hospital, and she's like, when are you going to take him into the surgery? Because the surgeons were ready to go. All of their family was there ready to go. This does not happen in 
in any ever. Ever. Um, ever. So they have him prepped for surgery. She's like, you got like 15 minutes to get ready. And she's like, 15 minutes, I can do this. So she goes and cleans her mirror off and she gets all decked out. Like montage montage of her, you know, saying, oh, I got the headband. Oh, I've got the taser. And from they, she's ripping down the pictures to make sure that us, the audience, understands what's happening. Yep. And uh, then she's like, uh, oh, fuck, Nan's asleep. And she's like, fuck this mirror. So as soon as she sees herself in the mirror, she karate chops the mirror. Drop kick myself through it. And she finally decides to actually fight Freddy instead of just delivering kids to him. Because never in this whole thing, she did nothing to Ex help the other kids. Except deliver them to Freddy. She was the secondary antagonist of the film up until yep. now. She, she was the silver surfer to his Galacticus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't understand why she never used the nunchuck. She was so good with them. Yeah, no, she did not. Like, they even referenced how that was a stand-in stunt double, but that was actually the actress using the nunchuck in that scene. Scott, don't talk about the post-credit scene this early, all right? We'll get to that. That's, fair. That's, that's my bad. I'll, I'll edit that out. <laughs> so, of course, she crashes through, and then her and Dan end up in a fun house. And here's the other very, you know, nightmarish, like, when when they're in the fun tunnel. I love that fucking scene. Mm -hmm. I love how they have them rotating different ways. And Freddy's just, like, having a hoop with it. He's like, want to go for a spin? And he starts spinning the fucking thing. And then they fall backwards into a church window. Dan starts hemorrhaging. And this is really, really important. Dan starts hemorrhaging. So in the hospital where Dan's passed out, all the doctors are like, oh, my God, he's hemorrhaging. He's hemorrhaging. We wake him up. Wake him up. So they wake him up. He gets pulled out of the dream world. And as soon as he wakes up, they're like, Oh, you're good. We healed you. You're good I to go. Okay. <laughs> you're good. No, that's uh, that's medically correct. Uh, a person who's hemorrhaging just has to wake up in order for a hemorrhage to start. <laughs> that makes sense. It's a good sign to know you're asleep when you're hemorrhaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we progress into Freddie delivering a ton of one-liners, like almost all of his one-liners, and uh, they do some fighting. Yeah, and Alice obviously inherited the flippy stuff from Narquette. Yes, and everything Alice got from the Dream Warriors and the other Fresh Meat characters does absolutely nothing to Freddy. Nothing. It, it was completely pointless as fuck that she was able to get those powers. Oh, uh, finally, at this point in the realize, or at this point of the movie, they realize, hey, Dream powers aren't a fucking thing. <laughs> but you know what is a thing? Holding up a mirror to the main antagonist <laughs> in your slasher film and having that be the way he died. So she finally gives the last bit of the poem and she sees the children from Elm Street. And again, this is the only time that the little kids that do the Freddy rhyme actually do a different song almost showing Alice that she was in charge of the dream at that point. And they recite the dream master poem, whatever the hell that is. And they say, in the mirror of my mind's eye, evil will see itself and die. So she holds up this broken mirror, which let's just be very honest. 
there have been mirrors in all of a lot of these dreams mm -hmm. and it didn't bother freddie at all nope. <laughs> so she shows the mirror to freddie and a, a, a frankie doesn't really like the idea that it was a mirror I don't think that the mirror was for Freddy. I think it was for the souls inside of Freddy to show it them. It was because they didn't, all right, the filmmakers didn't care how they got to the scene where the souls were ripping his body apart. There's uh, whatever, show him the fucking mirror and complete the poem, whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's just get to the special effect. So well, you got. In, this, in, in, uh, in Dream Warriors, uh, which I said wrong, um, there's a whole. Where Freddy is in all the mirrors. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Not a problem for him at that point. Totally fine with it. Different rules. <laughs> so, of course, we progress to where Freddy starts getting ripped apart by the souls. I love this fucking scene. I love with the little little baby hands coming out of him. And the head, like, punching him in the face that was yeah. on his shoulder. Yeah. And uh, you see the tunnel with the bodies in it was like the biggest set piece for any Freddy movie mm -hmm. was used for two seconds of filming. Yeah. With all these bodies <laughs> spinning and shit. Uh, then he rips his shirt open and you get Remy finally getting his tit shot because he even talks about having these supermodels naked and being like, walking push, around on set. Push yeah. chest against chest. I want to see boobs. Yes, that is the Kruger. That is what is the Kruger, the boo. Didn't he have to walk around like naked? Yes, yeah, and all those people set. were walking yeah. around naked around the set. Now, that set I'm piece just, literally... I'm really getting lost at why we have a German-speaking Finnish director. Shut the fuck up. That's my finish. <laughs> That's my finish. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in that test piece, when they were all pressing against it, that shit collapsed and yeah, almost hurt a lot over. of people because yeah. they had this one little little Chinese girl up there holding the whole thing up. And when it fell, and it so flung cute. her off yeah. of the balcony to the ground. Oh, yeah, everybody it. fell. But nobody was seriously injured. But they could have been. They definitely could have been. So, of course, the souls all reach out, crack Freddy's head open like a fucking pinata, and then he fucking Wicked Witch of the West into a puddle of clothes and Kristen comes over and kicks the shit out of his glove like, ha, I got you. Now, I'm not a big fan of kicking knives. I think that that's a dangerous thing to do. Yes. No, that's that's fair. Uh, he literally does what Rick should have done in the first place. <laughs> kick, kick the glove. Just kick the glove. Yeah. There's no Fred. So, of course, Freddy's defeated. You, you come up on a few you know, days have gone by and her and Dan are walking around the old white fountain and she's wearing all white and it looks like That's a fucking right. dream sequence. Was in the beginning, yes. Only and they go to the pond and she, you know, Dan flicks his quarter in and you see Freddie standing where Dan is, which I think is one of the best references to the next film in any of these films where they're already referencing that Freddie is in Dan. All the way in. In there. He got in there. He's, a, he's up in there. So, um, three things before we go. First of all, uh, the next season of our podcast should be about the lives and career of the Fat Boys. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we should have a three-episode arc 
solely dedicated to disorderly. To disorderly, <laughs> the one of the best fat boy movies ever fucking made. One of the best fat boy movies ever made. <laughs> one out of one. <laughs> <laughs> We actually watched both of the music videos going with the fat boys first. And it's so funny that they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your uncle Frederick left you this house and all you got to do is spend a day in it. And it's like, wait a minute. Are they suggesting that Freddy Krueger is their uncle? Because that there's so many things wrong with that. <laughs> there's a lot wrong. There's a lot wrong. Okay. Second thing. Greaser Freddy in the Will Smith video looks like he wandered off of Gore's stage show. That's I mean, like, did, have you watched that, Scott? Yes. He like he's got well, the wait, big. Before, before we go to the Will Smith one, let me say one more thing about the okay. Fat Boys one. Uh, in the Fat Boys video, Freddy delivers the most repeated white rap thing ever done, where he literally says the line. Freddy Krueger's the name, and you know my game. And there are so many white people that start a rap like that. That's yeah. weird. That staple, like, even even Mr. Show did that fucking shit. So, well, I very much like that that video does still have Robert England with him rapping the audio. And I love the fact that they include the audio of Nancy's line from the first one, don't Heather Langenkamp's, with the don't fall asleep. asleep. So, Greaser Freddy gets a thousand points for looking like a gore character. And the yes. other. And, and he also has record needles for his fingers. And he gets 9,999 <laughs> points and God status for having the Misfits Crimson Ghost on his fucking jacket. Yep. Hell yeah. Now, Hell I'm yeah. no mathematician, but that's a large number. That's a big yeah. number. Almost right up with uh, Larry Fish, Fish's number. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> I am Thursday morning, spelled with a U. But the uh, the Will Smith song is probably one of my favorite Freddie songs because of the fact that they use the Freddie tones and mix it into the music. Yeah. Yeah. But Grief or Freddie in that video, that video is so fucking bad. Now, I know for the next episode, we are moving on to part five, but I did want to mention one thing slightly out of sequence based on when we will discuss it, but the TV show, Freddy's Nightmares, first aired two months after the release of this movie. Well, part four. another big Ooh. impact that you see in this movie is like all... all the headlines. If there was anything bad, it was a nightmare, nightmare. on... This or nightmare at this, this because of nightmare. Not to mention that Ronald Reagan himself yes. references Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street in a speech mm -hmm. to Congress. Well, also, this was the beginning of the toy craze for all of uh Nightmare and the fans. <laughs> they talked about that, that they made pajamas for children, and it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. You're wearing oh, the costume God. of a child molester yeah. <laughs> to go to bed at night. They have him in so many different cartoons, like uh, South Park's Imagination Island episodes, and then episode 70 of Robot Chicken, and uh, Carlton dressed up in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes, yeah. yes. In the back seat, dressed up as Freddy. And, like, there was a... There was an the episode Monty of Rick and Duff Morty show. that was that. Yeah, and also. he was um, in... The Simpsons three different times. Yeah. Like, there's so many different things. 
the weird one Christmas. for me was the uh, the Freddie sweater uh, Bible dust cover. <laughs> Just was it. This is where you got uh, Matchbox actually making their first two dolls that they made the Pee Wee Herman doll and the Freddy Krueger doll. And, and sometimes they made the same doll. Yeah, I've got two of those dolls. Because uh, there is a, a very, very rare Freddy doll that has the Pee Wee voice box in it. Yeah. That is a big daughter uh, collection. Big daughter. Third thing. The door was red in this one. You can go to hell with that shit. The door has been red the whole fucking time. I will not hear any other conversation about it. No, it was red in this one. Did you guys see the commercial? It was a 2006 commercial that was aired over a Fonzie snack food where Freddie breaks into a house party and steals some snacks. Damn you, Freddie! This commercial was banned in Italy for being too scary. So, yeah, that's uh, Nightmare on the Street Part 4. I dig it. The Dream Master is my favorite part. I mean, it sucks that Freddy stole our candy, but I guess at least he didn't kill our kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. This uh, this this one uh, this one did have a, a pretty big uh, kill count. Yes, one of the uh, biggest. Uh, the only other one that had a similar kill count was uh, part uh, three. Yeah, there was uh, Mark. Mark was was that the name of one of them? Steve. <laughs> yeah, there Steve was Steve O. I believe. Bert. Yeah, I don't. Just completely like the other three movies leading up to this, like had more memorable characters. Agreed. Um, and just they were better movies overall. Even the second one. I like this one. I don't dislike I didn't understand it. This, it. this is in some ways, but I still like Nightmare. I don't care what anybody says. My favorite Nightmare. This well, his favorite sequence was the loop. Yes. yes, which is another great thing about that. That his favorite scene is one he Freddie's not in. Not even in. He's like, I love this movie, especially the part without me. <laughs> So, so, guys, this has been our review of the MTV Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 4. A dream which master. is part four. Well, if you didn't know which part in the series this is, it's the fourth. It was fourth the fourth one. installment. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, thanks for hanging out and listening to my favorite nightmare. Stay tuned for the dream child. Oh, God, the Ooh. dream child. Fuck. Yeah, the best one. God damn it. All right, guys. Well, as we always do, stay rotten, guys. Stay rotten. Stay rotten. Stay rotten. Stay rotten. The door's red. Join us next time for another episode of Rotten Mornings. Rotten Mornings.